It's Tuesday, February 27th, 2018, and you're listening to episode 476 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 38 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. And my name is Chad. So, let's start off with two bits of business. First off, with Fear the Con coming up, fearthecon.com once again. But in addition to our own convention, I also want to show some love for some other conventions. A fellow game podcast, the 1D Forecast. They've got their convention coming up, 1D4Con, which will be in the northern Shenandoah Valley region. Uh, for its sixth year, this is going to be on April 13th through the 15th, 2018, and it'll be at the Holiday Inn in Martinsburg, West Virginia. So if you want to pick up some RPGs, LARPs, board gaming, miniature gaming, whatever, out in that area. Wait, they got LARPs? Unf- Why don't we have LARPs? Be- we need to have LARPs. We're law-abiding citizens. <laughs> There's no Denny's within 50 miles. <laughs> and I might be packing, so somebody startling me is a bad idea. <laughs> might. Uh, right now, pre-registration is open and will remain open through the 31st through tabletop events. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And they can find out more, of course, at 1d4con.com. So be sure to check that out. Should we start a second podcast called 1d6 podcast? <laughs> like 1d6, we're two sides better than 1d4. <laughs> Actually, I think d6 in a random direction or something like that is already a thing. Otherwise, yeah, I'd be totally down for that. Yeah. Maybe we need to like skip up like the D30. Nobody loves the D30. D30, Yeah, no, no love for the D30. That's because the D30 is a piggish piece of shit that doesn't stop rolling. Wow. Wow. I never heard so much hate for the D30. All right. So (laughs) don't get me started on the D100. Well, all right. So if you're going to bash on the D30, then I go into the next topic with a little bit more glee. (laughs) (laughs) So Brodor is going to be taking a leave of absence from the show. He's not being kicked off. And to our understanding, he will be back. But Brodor is going to be gone from the show for a couple of months because the new miniature market is opening and with that new location opening, that new shop opening, he's going to have to be closing a lot of nights while they get staffing and other things figured out. So he simply will not be available on the nights that we record for some number of months. And we've already got plans in the work to bring in some people to take his slot and upstage him. Mm-hmm. So we don't Hopefully ever need, replace. Him. Yeah. So we don't ever need him back. <laughs> you know, and he it, is going to be training. Right, for- if I can be schmaltzy <laughs> and serious and emotional for one second like i ever not love this i really do i love i mean that's why we're taking it I, away I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bro door we love to talk we love mm-hmm. the sound of our own voices but i even though i do not contribute as a general rule to the level that other hosts do in terms of actual legitimate <laughs> gaming analysis i love doing this and I am going to do everything in my power to make sure that this hiatus is as short as possible, particularly for those fans that dislike me. All, <laughs> I, I was thought, thought you were about to say, you know, all of my fans are like, yeah, all five of them. So but uh, you beat me to the punch. Yeah. All right. Which leads to another topic. How much we love Brodor. Yeah. No. Uh, which is I love you, bro. I love you too. Because he's going to be working a lot of nights. He's also going to be absent from the Skies of Glass game for oh, a while. Oh, see, that's the true crime right there. Right, it's criminal. So yep. that's what I want to talk about at some point here. Is what I've got in mind 
for how we're going to handle that because there's a gaming topic in this that I think has broader application, which is how do you keep a game going when you have someone that's departing for an extended period but returning, and so you don't want to move things past what they knew or where they were at. You don't want to start a game on without them, but you don't want to ice the game either for fear of losing momentum. All right, now, that's what I wanted this show to be about, and I hope we'll get back to that topic. I think that Songbird gets renditioned (laughs) by other unknown members of the zoo. I've got a completely different approach. Well, let's come back to this. All right. There's something that came to our attention that I don't think we have ever had to deal with anything like this in the history of the show. Not that I can remember, but I think we owe it to certain people to say this, which is in the last episode, we talked about the Salt and Wounds role-playing game. And something that's been brought to our attention is that Salt and Wounds appears to be, mm-hmm. and I, I've got to be careful with my language what, here. How do they say it on NPR? Alleged? Yeah, alleged or whatever. Sources say. There was a thread, I believe, on was it RPG Net? Yep. That some of our own listeners were participating in, we had no idea about this, where someone threw out the premise of what if you had this trash die and then other people were kicking in what about the toxic blood and the feces and all this yeah, other went stuff. On for many, many pages of posts of this collaborative yeah. sort of concept world that they built together and, just, you know, throwing it around. And there's a Reddit thread where they link back to this thread out mm-hmm. on uh, RPG net. And Chad, I'm going to want you to send me a link to that so I can include it in the show notes. It's on our Discord server. By the way, we've got a Discord server. (laughs) Uh, I'll link that, too, in the show notes. But, you know, I want to stress here that we as a show, we're not about going for blood. So I want to be careful in that I'm not trying to attack or accuse Jam Perkins of of anything that I don't personally know him to even be guilty of. But I think it would be a disservice to the people in that thread to not mention that it appears that the ideas were first formed by a collaboration of multiple people there. And I think these people deserve credit for their contributions to this. And the problem, sorry, alleged problem is that Jam Perkins did not give credit and he raised $57,000 on his Kickstarter with an idea that was allegedly not his right and so not uh, and this is where i am unclear allegedly not his in its entirety he was not a contributor at he was all not a these contributor to now, the thread what i don't know and this is where i want to be careful because once again we're not i don't know right yeah. right no and that's that's ex- exactly it is we're not on the inside of this and this has never been a show that's been about calling people out or whatever. So I don't know how much of his own material he's added to this concept. Right. And it's possible he's added a lot to it that he fleshed out. I just don't know. But like I said, the only reason I felt the need to say this is at all is not because I want to denigrate this guy's project or his work or anything about the man whatsoever. I have no beef with him. That's my job. But I just want to be fair to the people that were in this thread, once again, including many of our own fans and saying, Hey, these people had something to do with that idea, or at least a really, really similar idea. And they deserve credit for their contribution to this idea that's caught Broder's fancy. If you're interested in the discussion, we're going to link the Reddit thread where somebody basically asked this question, 
lays out some of the different links, lays out what Perkins said, lays out what some other people said, lays out the thread. Please do not take our word for it. Click on the link. If you're interested, click on the link, read it, read what has to be said, read what Perkins has to say, and come to your own conclusion. I I listened to two different podcast interviews with this guy, and and granted, I'm basically retarded. So he, he may have mentioned, but I do not recall in any fashion this being multiple originators for this particular content. I don't remember that ever being discussed in either of the interviews that I listened to. And he, he does mention it on his website, but it's kind of buried. And the question is not, did he steal this and needs to be arrested and sued? No, that that's not the question. It's a matter of how he is portraying who came up with it. And he's not saying that that didn't happen but it's not really giving credit where credit is due. Again, this is all gray area. And I'll, I'll back up Dan. I mean, you know, I'm kind of a loud mouth when it comes to this, but I will back up Dan. We are not actually accusing him of anything. Yeah. And we're not trying to stir the pot or cause drama. Please, 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 if you're interested in this, click on the link that we're yeah. going to provide. Come to your own conclusions. It, it, exactly. This is not the court of public opinion here. Yeah. This is not us judging. We don't want anyone starting drama we don't want anyone changing their mind about his kickstart or whatever this has nothing to do with him what this is is not an act of anger toward him at all it is an act of love toward the mm-hmm. people once again some toward of which we know love you Ruben. that were involved in this other threat so all right so let's leave that one alone and move on so let's loop back to Brodor and you departing from us for a couple of months because this raised a situation for me within the skies of glass game. And I'm certainly going to admit that some of this is idiosyncratic to both my personality and my style of GMing. But the question was, what do I want to do with the game while you are not there? Now we have found someone who's going to step in and take your place, not literally, but someone who's going to become the fourth player. And when you come back, you will be the fifth player, assuming this person works out. And that part straightforward but the question that i was left with is you know this has been a great game it's been a great experience gaming with you and i know you've enjoyed the game and so i don't want to continue the game without you both for your sake and for mine and presumably for that of the other players at the table particularly because first joe and now songbird have very big roles within the world or within the party and Songbirds has not fully been exposed yet, but I assure you it's going to be very significant. And so I was trying to think, well, what do I do with that? The most obvious choice would be to pause the game. We game something else. For several reasons, I don't want to do that. Now, one of them is because of the fact that we're producing this as an entertainment product, do I really want to do a mid-season break on the audience? Now, that's the least of them. Because if my choice... Yeah, <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's the model of RAP is, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. And if you enjoy it, great. If you don't, whatever, you know, that's just how it is. I hope you enjoy it, but and people seem to be great, but we cannot put out a good product if we're not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And so therefore we have to take care of ourselves first to take care of you guys. All right. That's just how it is. Same thing with the podcast you're listening to right now. That whole, that whole sentence was like a hooker motto. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm not enjoying it, I can't do it, and I need to take care of myself first. <laughs> All right, but there, there's two bigger reasons I don't want to pause it. One is because of the fact that since I play long games and intricate games, 
I would start to forget too many of the side plots and the hooks and the conspiracies. Yeah, your momentum breaks. Yeah. Well, and I just start forgetting things. Right. Even if I stopped and wrote down and took the best notes I possibly could, there's going to be a lot of things I'm going to forget. And secondly, there is that loss of just psychological inertia where I'm not going to be able to revive the game because now we're hooked on the new shiny. And who knows, maybe that's an outstanding game and we don't want to kill that one either. And so it's like, well, what do I do? How do I keep this game alive on the one hand without moving it forward and in such a way robbing both you and myself and the audience and whomever else of your presence at the table? So this is my paradox. All right. Now, I'd imagine there's lots of people listening who have had or are having or will have this exact same situation. And so here's what I came up with. And I think the the central thesis here is know thyself, because I had to figure out what it is about myself that made me need to keep this going, which I just identified with the nature of the plot, its intricacies and then my own emotional momentum regarding what we're playing all that kind of stuff so how do i say both of those and so the idea i came up with and i'm still toying with this is given the complexities of the plot given the intricacies of the situation and given the fact that i like to develop both my protagonists and antagonists as more complex in their motivation than simple white hat, black hat, why don't I just explore this story from another angle? And so what I intend to do, unless there's a player revolt on me and you guys are like, no, but what I intend to do is to say, you know what? Let's keep looking at this story, but let's move it elsewhere. So until Brodor comes back, let's create a new set of characters and let's play characters that live in the South where that army is coming from, who, you know, can see the story from that angle. Or let's even, let's do uh, something a little bit different. Let's roll the game back three years and let's tell the story of Lee in St. Louis. And, you know, I can NPC Casey and then everyone else can make characters that fit into that somehow, or heck, even grab some of the major NPCs like uh, Wayne's merchant's rival or... Cyrus Weiss or any of these other people and start developing the story from the sides that we've not really fully explored. And for me, at least, this sounds like a very, very workable plan to check off all the things that I need. So I'm still thinking about that plot. I'm still thinking about those intricacies and whatnot. Yet when you come back, as long as I can get us to a good stopping point, we can drop that arc or converge the arcs. I mean, heck, maybe one character on each side dies or goes into the sunset or who knows what, but bring those together and keep that going. In fact, while not many people, much of anyone has caught it, there's been several nods in this campaign to a prior Skies of Glass campaign that was not recorded. It's not an actual Mm -hmm. play. You know, for example, the fact that they're on the second Maw Carver, it's because they killed the first one in a different campaign. And all the stuff that's going on in Cape Girardeau, the guy that they're about to talk to there, that's a character that was developed from another campaign. What do you guys think of this? I like it. I think it's very interesting. I think that Skies of Glass is a very deadly campaign, as we found out, and uh, not all the other players have made backup characters, so this is a good opportunity for them to make a backup character. But no, I, I like it. I, I think it would be uh, actually really interesting 
and probably a little over challenging to do a jump into the future and then play characters, not our characters, but characters in the future that are affected by what's happening in the past. And then when Brodor comes back, we go back to the past to the quote unquote current timeline and then play the game forward. Yeah, I think up with that. the reason I wouldn't want to do this, I think it would require well, it's me. It's too easy for people to die. And... Well, it would require me making too many decisions. Yeah. I would have to say this side wins, this side loses. Yeah. These are the things that happen. And these are things where I really want you guys to be the snowflake mm-hmm. on the avalanche, to use that tyrant metaphor. Yeah. But that's what I really want you guys to be. And so I would hate to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. If I was to move in time, it would be backward. Yeah. And I don't know that I'd want to jump significantly backward because I think it would risk becoming too detached or mm-hmm. just a very different kind of story. But I think there are a lot of stories I could tell that are occurring simultaneously or in the near past that just happen to take place from a different faction's perspective. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. I mean, well, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm not playing. But I like the idea of it being concurrent to the present timeline. And I I think, for example, Walking Dead should have done this after season three. They should have picked somewhere else in America and how a zombie crisis affecting that. I like the idea of them being Southerners, not necessarily from Jacksonville, but I like the idea a lot of them being on a, you know, looking at this from a different facet, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, okay, how is the world in the South and how is the mustering of this army moving North affecting those people? I like that idea a lot. Yeah. I like the idea of shifting time again, not to the future, but more maybe in the past, exploring some different stuff like that. There are probably some issues that you would have to kind of think about and work around. One of the issues that I would think of a player makes a new character and they end up liking their character, that character more than the character that they were playing already. So now you have to do a transition where when Brodar comes back and then the, we'll call it the real game continues, then they have to go well, into that. And this is going to be a little difficult to pull off, but this is why I'm hoping if the game is not set several years in the past where it's effectively irrelevant by the time we return to the current game, that that side game would end at convergence, mm-hmm. that it would end with the standoff you currently have in Cape Girardeau. And so that would give me an opportunity to potentially swap which character somebody's playing if that happens. Now, I personally sitting here right here right now, knowing as little as I do about this imagined campaign on the side, would prefer everyone to keep their current characters. Mm -hmm. But so what happens just hypothetically if something occurs and I'm unable to return? How does that affect the current game and the current players? I would allow the current players to make that call. And what I mean by that is we're going to keep telling the story, but do you want to continue it from this perspective or do you want to jump back to the original perspective? I think is how I would handle that. Or, or switch between them, do arcs where they might go back and forth until, until a sort of convergence happens. Yeah. Or something happens that even if it wasn't convergence ultimately makes one of them irrelevant, you know, for some reason. Yeah. I mean, if, if Joe were still alive, I would have a completely different opinion about the game continuing. If Joe was still alive and it wasn't you that was departing, I know beyond any shadow of a doubt, the story I'd want to tell is 
what life was like with Pops on that riverboat prior to all of this. And that's one of the things I want to hit, because, see, there are two things I can do with this. And one I've already mentioned, which is to tell the story from a different angle, right? And this is a great way to build sympathy, to flesh out, to build understanding toward the other side. It adds, I think, to the moral complexities and to the, I don't know, the difficulty of the situation of, of knowing plainly who's right and who's wrong and who you agreed with. It, it's great when those are hard choices. I love that. And this gives me a chance to do that. But there's something else that gives me a chance to do, which is to show a different side of the setting. because. Life in and around the St. Louis city-state is a very particular way. And most of even what used to be the United States doesn't exist that way. It's much more frontiersy. It's much more poorly organized. Things work in a very different sort of way. And that's not something I've been able to show. And so, for example, let's say Broder wasn't you leaving. Let's say Eric was on a few months of hiatus. If we jump back to tell the story of what life was like with Pops, you would get a taste of, well, what was life like when it really was just simpler river trade? And the issues weren't world-changing events or regional-changing events, that it's much smaller in scale, that you're dealing with river pirates or trade rates or whatever it might be. A syphilis outbreak on the ship. <laughs> That's why you have two GCs now, is you had to get rid of the horse that had the syphilis that started it all. <laughs> oh my. It's lonely on that river. It does. <laughs> it knew one more command. <laughs> I, liked, I liked the golden parachute, though. That was nice. This is the little golden parachute miniature that I received. That was nice. What? Because I got fired, but oh, I had a golden yeah. parachute. Golden parachute. Instead oh. of pay, you got a miniature of a golden yeah. parachute. You got a yeah. miniature. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Did you really? No. no. Oh, because <laughs> I see that would be like really harsh and really hilarious all at once. <laughs> you might get a golden shower, but it's okay. He's not oh, oh, that's warm. That's right. <laughs> I was about to say that's hot. It's yeah. not. It's just warm. Just warm. Okay. So what happens if I'm able to return in a relatively reasonable period of time and everyone including the audience, is loving the new perspective. You know, I think what actually raises an even more comedic question is what happens if it's a really, really short period of time. Like things hmm. change quicker than you expect and you're only gone for one game. Right. Like I go, I go, I go in next month and Steve's just like, F it, you're fired. <laughs> well, one of the things that that kind of brings up is it's always rough bringing in a new player to an established group, because not only do you have to make the character fit, which is its own thing, you know, and which we talked about some about trying to revise the group template and add players and such, but you also have to make the person fit socially. They have to get a social dynamic. The person that we're looking at bringing in, I don't think anyone but Eric has met. I could be wrong. Maybe we've met this guy in passing a fear of the con or something like that, but I don't believe we've met him. And so there's going to be a, a social integration, right, before we get to anything else. And so with a new party, everything starts at ground level again. Whereas if you were to return and suddenly we jump back to the other story, I'm back to our fair, well, crap, how do I work this guy in right. in a way to where he's not just the wallflower or sidelined or something yeah. like that? That was one of the things I asked Eric about. I said, is this guy a wallflower? Because I said, this is going to be... This is not a quiet group, mm -hmm. and this is not a passive group, 
And, you know, he's going to have to be able to overcome both that and being new. And he's like, no, he's not going to have any problem with that. I'm like, okay, good. Hmm. But to your question, so what happens if you come back and people are liking that one more? You know, let's go back to our motto. Yeah, I mean, it's (laughs) we because we cannot produce a good AP if, if it's not the AP we want to produce. I mean, that's what people are consuming. They're consuming us having fun. I mean, as weird as that is. They're like fun vampires. <laughs> they just take and take and take the fun. Yeah. And we get nothing. It's funographic. They, mm-hmm. yeah. I think what I would look at is what does the group think? I think the more interesting challenge is what happens if the group is more into the new party and the the listeners aren't. I mean, goodness gracious, it's like recasting a TV show. Nobody likes that. Right. You know, I mean, sometimes they accept it, but nobody likes that. Well, I think that it's a more or less easy solution. You know, out of game, you say, okay, everybody, you like this storyline. Because we're not talking about a different game. We're not talking about we're playing SOG, Brodor goes, we're playing D&D, and when he comes back, we're playing SOG. What we are talking about is playing SOG, Brodor goes, and we're playing SOG. So what we can do is if we're liking the alternate the, the the b plot so to speak more than the a plot convergence still happens yeah it just happens a little further down the road and then after convergence you ask the players okay you essentially all have two characters which one is going on the the a plot what how are we continuing this and then they pick their a character or the b character and then convergence happens and then they go forward with that character yeah i think some of it also brother is going to be up to how you play this out in your head because I'm presuming you'll still make some attempt to listen to the AP. I, did, I, I will. In fact, I, I've already, I mean, I listened to the most recent episode the other day in preparation for what I thought was going to be the game session that we right. skip. Yeah. And so I have to wonder what your take on it will be. And if you're like, wow, I want to get in on that, or you're more like, okay, it's a cool story, but I want to see how this is playing out back from the original side again. Right. Well, and then the other interesting thing to me is the pressure on you as the game master to cliffhang the next game session, because the next game session will be my last game session as a player for a while. So what does that look like? So you will be there for one more. I will be there for the 22nd. Okay. I thought actually the last one was. No, 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 no. No, I will be there for the 22nd because I'll get off normally on Thursdays around eight or so. However, that Thursday, I made sure that my boss was cool with me leaving okay. early. So I will so be we're have you for next, one more game. You will have me for All one right. more game. That's good. Because I Damn actually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad word. I'll see you next Tuesday, sir. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> actually, I won't. <laughs> Who's going to keep Lee in line, man? Nobody challenges him like you do. Yeah, well, nobody challenges him like Songbird does. Right. Because right. Lee annoys the shit out of Songbird. Good. Joe loved Lee. Yes. Joe loved Lee. Yeah. Lee tried his patience, but he loved him. Right. And recognized that he was important. Mm-hmm. Songbird just sees Lee <laughs> as an obnoxious fucking coward. Right. It, <laughs> Why is he a coward? Because he refused. Uses mm. to commit. Oh refuses. my God! He. Well, I listened. I, I, I know, listened, right? I listened. Yeah, but that's not Lee. Yeah, right. That's yeah, not that's Lee. Void. Right. That's a different person. Yep. Right. Songbirds could probably love the shit out of Void. <laughs> and if you, <laughs> I'm, no, to f- him. I'm kidding. Well, yeah. 
<laughs> you told us we were not allowed to f*** your character. I know. And if any of this confuses you, you really need to listen to the SOG AP. I it mean, was a really, really good. good episode. It was, yeah. re- guys, it was really, really good. I was bummed that I missed I'm glad. it. Yeah. I, I didn't know how that would turn out because my character, Lee, is not right in the head. And some, not to get into a gaming story, but something happened to him, which made him change fundamentally in a really big way. And I didn't took someone with PTSD and put them back in Vietnam. Right. Right. I mean, right. I did not know how that would come off. I didn't know how, if that would, if it would seem goofy or strange, because one thing I hate in, in stories is people playing either in TV or books or role playing games where people playing mental illness for laughs because it's not funny. I mean, maybe that's just my thing. And, you know, I don't want to get too politically correct here, but I think that the value of mental illness in a story is its challenge, its darkness, the stories you can tell with it, the interesting things you can do with it. Not like, ha ha, that person says funny words in funny ways, or they think they're a rabbit. Ha ha ha. It just doesn't do it for me. But that has nothing to do with the topic. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, I think one of the things that is going to be important for recovering the game when Broder comes back, whatever side of the campaign we end up picking it up from is simply going to be determination. And I think also an amount of forgiveness to ourselves. Let me explain what I mean by that. When we start up the game again, there is a very good chance that we will have lost, even despite these efforts, some of that energy that the characters are going to feel a bit foreign. It's going to take us a little bit to remember who they were and what they were like. We're probably going to make mistakes regarding things we don't remember. Continuity. Continuity yeah. issues. And that's going to where I'm talking about forgiveness of ourselves. We can't be too hard on ourselves. We have to accept there's going to be continuity issues. We're going to represent someone or something differently because of the fact that it happened six months ago or three months ago or whatever it was that happened a long time ago for us. And we just don't remember it. And so even though we've got the major themes alive and we've got the major plot arcs alive, all the details may be screwed. It's interesting coming back to a game. I used to be a proponent of if a game needs to pause or stop or, or whatever, you kill the game because you can never recapture the magic. And I have since played in several very excellent games where either it's been an arc and the arc has come to a conclusion, we play something else, and we come back, we pick up a new arc, or something's happened. We've just had to stop. But there's no cliffhanger, there's no closure or anything, but then we come back. And what I've found happens is that the first game is usually pretty uncomfortable. It's like you're stepping into a new skin. It's like this should be easy, and it should be. I mean, it's your character, you loved me, you had all this energy about him, and then... Like, you don't quite interface with the concepts that you made right away. And so it's uncomfortable. But by the second game, it's just like riding a bike. You're just exactly Now, you're absolutely right, too, about forgetting the details. Especially the longer further you're you're out, you forget the details. But the cool thing about a role-playing game is that you're not you by yourself reading a book trying to remember what... The author wrote five years ago in the book before this, you have a group of people. Everybody has holes in their memory, but they're different holes. And so your fellow players start filling in those things. So when you get things wrong, it actually helps the game. 
Because if Brodor comes back and he says, you know, man, it's a good thing. We still have all that beer we're hauling in our ship. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude, no, 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 it's not beer. Remember, we we had a vineyard and it was my parents and and it was your folks, too. And, you know, they were this and that. And then you're like, oh, yeah. And then my folks are and this and this and this. And use that process of remembering and reminding each other if the concepts are cool and the players have energy energizes the game, right? It, It actually helps the game. And so as a game master, and here's my advice, both to you, Dan, and to all the other game masters listening who, who pause a game and bring it back. Let the first game suck. Just, I'm not saying don't do dramatic, interesting stuff in it. I'm not saying, well, put your characters in a restaurant and let them talk until they get the hang of it. Just don't be discouraged. Yeah, just don't be discouraged by it. You know, maybe don't pull out your big power story cards for that game because you know it's going to be rough. But let it be rough, but also when those moments happen of Joe says, man, I'm glad we have all this beer in the boat. I'm like, Oh no, the wine. And then we start going as a game master, you might have, you know, the bad guys behind the bush and they're right about to leap out. And it's going to be exciting. Let them stay behind that bush. Let your players have this spin up moment. Don't stop it. Yeah. Don't even get involved in it. Right. Unless it's a major thing that needs a, a correction. Like, Oh no, it it's this. And then step back again. Let them feed off each other's energy and spin each other up. Well, and then bring in the game. I'm now going to lace conjecture upon conjecture upon conjecture because we have no idea what the side campaign will be. We've not done group template, anything like that for it. We have no idea what that story is going to be about. We have no idea if we'll love it, hate it somewhere in between. We have no idea how this is going to reconverge exactly. But one of the things that I've been thinking about is if we do decide okay, we're done with this campaign, Broder's back, let's jump back to the prior story with the prior group characters. Something that I think would help to recover everyone's voice a little bit faster is to come up with a list of concepts that are just so typically them. Mm -hmm. Something that reminds you of what that person was like. All right, so for example, if I have an opening scene, Emily's walking like a queen across the deck of the (laughs) ship, even though she's no idea what she's doing. Lee's got a book or is trading books with someone or delivering mail, you know, songbirds finding some artifact of her past, Motomars talking to someone who escaped from an ist camp or something like that. But, you know, I can find these things that are just so typically that person that it maybe helps recover that voice a little bit faster by reminding people Hey, this is what your character was like. This is what you were into. This is what other people knew you for. Mm-hmm. This is going to be interesting to see because I've done things maybe a little bit like this, but not really. I, I don't think I've ever paused a campaign yet tried to tread water in the world at the same time. I've, I've been in games where we've paused a game and switched to another game. Right. I've been in games where we finished a campaign, went to another campaign and then said, you know what? This was so great. Let's loop back to it and do a part two that takes place five years later or something like that. The advice I would give as well is don't go into the game, the the, the new SOG game. Again, because we're not talking about SOG to D&D to SOG here. The, the second SOG game with the same outlook as you have for the primary SOG game. You're not treading water. This isn't a B game. This isn't something that to just mark time until Brodor comes back. 
this is a top shelf Dan game with intricate plots and intricate characters and layers upon layers and lots of big mind in it. That's the outlook you should have. Now, maybe because you like doing the long game, maybe you should contract it to say, okay, this is not a year's game. This might be a month's game, but still have all of the detail that your games are known for. Because if you go into it thinking, well, I'm going to run a good game, but it's the B game, then guess what it's going to be? It's going to be the B game. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's going to be self-sabotage, basically. You want the discussion when convergence happens of people being really, really conflicted about whether they go A or B. Right. That is not a problem. That's a victory. Yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think that's something where I need. I was to... right about Fire and Brodor, but you didn't say that was right. <laughs> well, I was so fascinated by this this golden parachute miniature. That, I... <laughs> that is literally the only the only that is Fear the Boots' entire contract in Severance. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just a golden it's parachute, just a golden parachute mini. mini. See, this is why we got to get a three D printer now. Yeah. All right. So wow. Okay, I have no idea what the actual release length of this show is going to be because. <laughs> we got a lot of content, but man, was it a mess. So out of respect to Aisha, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here. Check the show notes for links to tons of stuff, including 1D4Con and some various mm-hmm. threads we want you to take a look at from your own opinion on. And as always, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. See ya. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2018. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.